Welcome to the Covenant Women Podcast with Dr. Adonica Howard-Brown, your on-demand source for Holy Ghost-filled preaching and teaching. You bring blessing everywhere you go. You bring freedom. You bring liberty. Out of your inmost being will flow rivers of living water. Be refreshed, encouraged, and strengthened as you hear the Word today. Father, we just bless you. We thank you that this is the day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you that tonight you anoint my lips to speak your word. And you anoint every ear to hear and every heart to receive everything you have for them. Lord, I thank you that as Pastor Rodney already spoke, I thank you, Lord, that whatever these precious ladies came to receive, I thank you, Lord, they will receive even tonight through the rest of this weekend, Father. I thank you that you will meet them, that you will answer. Lord, I thank you that you are the God whose eyes are open to the righteous, that you're watching us, Lord, and that you're listening to our prayers and that you hear and you answer. Father, I thank you that nothing is impossible with you. Thank you, Lord, that you are the God who lifts every heavy burden. I thank you that we do not have to carry any burden, but we can lay it over on you that you have it taken care of. Father, I thank you that we are, we are not discouraged when we hear evil news. For we thank you that you are on our side and you are working. I thank you that the enemy will not succeed in anything that he throws against us or our family or our marriage or our home in any way, shape or fashion. For we will not allow it. I thank you, Lord, that you made us more than conquerors. I thank you, Father, that we stand not in our own strength, but in yours. Not in our own wisdom, but in yours. Lord, I thank you that you go before us with wisdom and understanding. And you make our path straight and you light our way. I thank you, Lord, that we will not wander confused. But I thank you, Lord, that you will light the way and you will show us the way to go. And you will give us wisdom. Lord, you said that if we need wisdom, we can ask for us, ask for it, and you will not upbraid us. And so, Lord, we are not embarrassed to ask for wisdom. We thank you for your wisdom every day, in every situation. We ask for your wisdom. Lord, put a guard on our lips. Put wisdom in our lips, Father. Let us not speak anything that does not line up with your plan or your word. But Lord, let us speak light. Thank you, Lord, that you use us as a light to the world, the salt of the earth, to represent you. Lord, I thank you that by our lives, we show you to be upright. We show you to be faithful. 
We show you to be good because you are. I thank you, Lord, that our life is a testimony and it will only be a testimony. Not a story of disaster, but a story of victory. Oh, class, Father, we don't accept defeat. But in everything, you get the glory. And we thank you. Thank you, Lord. You turn every situation around for good. Whatever the devil intends for bad, you turn it around for good. And we trust in you. And we depend on you. And we thank you that you will not fail us. You will not let us down. Because you promised. And we give you right now the honor and the glory in the wonderful, majestic, and awesome, precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Father. I think the hardest part for me is like knowing where to start. Because <laughs> I have... I'm all ready to explode with too much stuff. Proverbs 31 and verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is above rubies. And then Proverbs 31, 28 says, Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. You know, um, yes, we do talk about being a, a woman, a wife, a mom, a lot. And you know, in the past I've had, you know, people that, well, well, I'm single, I'm not married, I'm not a wife, but, you know, you eventually will be, I, I trust, in the plan of God, amen. amen, and so the time to plan, or the time to figure out how to be a wife is not when you're already married, <laughs> you need to have, you need to have a plan, you need to have the word of the Lord, you need to know, you need to know what it is that you are called to be and do as a wife, amen, and the same with a mom, that, you know, we prepare for everything else and then we just sort of launch into some of these most important things, important roles of our life without much thought. Well, many people do. I'm not saying that we all do, but many people just launch into these things with no preparation and with no plan. But God has a plan for us and He has the guide for us and it's right over here and everything that we need is right over here if we know where to look. Amen. And so... Um, these principles are speaking to a woman who is a wife and a mom, but they apply to everyday life, to everything that we do, everything that we are, and whatever God has called us to do. Proverbs uh, 31, 28, and 29 in the Amplified Classic says, Her children rise up and call her blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied. And her husband boasts of her and praises her, saying, Many daughters have done virtuously, nobly, and well, with the strength of character that is steadfast in goodness, but you excel them all. So she's a woman of character above all other things. Now that word blessed, her children rise up and call her blessed, is the word, um, it's spelled A-S-A-R, but it's pronounced Oshar, Oshar. You can break this word blessed down. This was amazing. I, I pulled the meaning of it up and it like, it blew my brain. I'm telling you, it was awesome. I was sharing with our, our ladies um, a few weeks ago and as we were getting ready for this, conference, but it obviously means to be blessed in the conventional sense of the word blessed, okay? So blessed and prospered and, and uh, happy, fortunate, happy, but it also means to be straight, 
to go straight and to lead straight. Amen. So when, when I pulled out all of the, the different, all the meanings, the different um, lexicons and everything that pulled, I mean, those were the three things that stood out to me, was to be straight, to go straight, and to lead straight. And in these days of, in the world, everything is getting nuttier and nuttier crazier and crazy. They're losing their ever-loving mind. I mean, it's like, it's like things that don't even make sense. They've thrown truth out the window. It's not about truth anymore. It's not about reality. It's about feelings. And we all know that feelings can feel all kinds of feels. Uh, you know, feelings can be very confusing. Feelings can tell you all kinds of stuff that's not true. Feelings are not based on truth. They're their, their feelings are an extension of the soul and the flesh. And that's, if we submit to that, that's going to lead us down the wrong way. You can't make decisions based on feelings. We have to tell our feelings how to feel. Amen. How many of you know one, once a month you've got to tell your feelings how to feel? I mean, once a month, the, it's like the whole, you know, your, your estrogen drops off the cliff and the, everything, everything's bad. You're either crying or you're about to rip somebody's head off. And then a few days later, you think, oh, my word, what was wrong with me? So, <laughs> so we, women, more than anyone, understand feelings, and that feelings can take you down the wrong path if you're going to follow those feelings. So you have to be established in something more than feelings, and thank God for the Word, because the Word is eternal. You know, they, they, are, they are, God created this earth and he created it, he created principles, right? There's some principles that will never change until God says so, like, you know, summer and winter, seed time and harvest. The Bible says we'll endure as long as the earth remains. So when they come with all this climate change stuff, we say, whatever, because God says that as long as the earth remains, there's going to be seasons. So not only are there going to be seasons from, from month to month, and, and, and year to year, but there's going to be seasons decade to decade. Amen. Right now we're in a solar minimum, and that's why we're freezing. That's why it's cold even in Florida, because we're in a, that means the sun is as far as it can get away from us. Well, it's going to swing around the other way, and, you know, I remember a few years ago they were talking about how the sun was the closest that it can get, and we were just having heat waves. And so these things ebb and flow, and, and you know, the world out there, they... They make things up, they talk nonsense, and it all, you know, because obviously there's, a, there's an evil agenda behind it, and we know that. So we're not going to talk about that now, but what I want to talk about really is the eternal Word of God, that it never changes. So just the same way that in the natural there are some things, there are principles that operate and that will continue to operate as long as God says that they will operate. Amen. And there are other eternal principles that will operate forever, for longer than the earth will remain, because this earth is going to be burned up with fire and recreated. Basically, that's what the end of the, end of the book tells us. But eternity is eternity is eternity that will remain, and it doesn't change, and God never changes. Hallelujah. And so we can be, thank God, we can depend on the rock that never changes and that is eternal. It's not all over the place, and so we don't have to be all over the place. Amen. Amen. Now, the word Asher, in, we use as our you know, foundation scripture on, on everything was uh, Genesis 30, verse 12. And Leah's made Zilpah, 12 and 13, 
Zilpah bore Jacob a second son. Then Leah said, I'm happy for the daughters will call me blessed. And so she called his name Asher. So that version of Asher comes from the other Asher, but it's pronounced or share where the other ones is or char. It says, I'm happy for the daughters will call me blessed. And so she called his name Asher. And Psalm 72, 17 says, his name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun and men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. That's talking about, the, about Jesus, basically. So men shall bless, which is that, that's the word Barak, and be blessed in him, which is Oshor. So it uses both both. Uh, in English, just one word, but in the Hebrew, two. So that, that word borak is a primitive root. It means to kneel by implication, to bless God as an act of adoration, to bless, to kneel down, to praise, to salute and thank Him. So we bless and we praise Him. And so we bless Him, we praise Him, and because of Him, we are blessed. So we are blessed to be a blessing. Because of him, he blesses us just by who he is as well as what he does. And he makes us a blessing, right? So we can be a blessing by what we do, but just, about, just by being us. Amen. And so, you know, I, I think a lot of women, maybe more than men, have issues with self-image, and it's partly because of the curse, because of Eve, Adam, right? God said to her, you're going to look to your husband, you're going to be, you know, he will rule over you and you're going to look to him. We know that women look to men as our mirror. We look to our fathers, we look to the, the men in our life, we look to our husbands, they are our mirror, they reflect back to us who we think that we are. And so it's so important that we understand that the only mirror that we really need to be looking in is the mirror of the Word of God. Because your, your man mirror might be a broken mirror, might be feeding back to you the wrong information, but the Bible will never feed back to us wrong information. He's always going to give us the right information. Amen. And he's going to show us not just where we are, who we are right now, and that's not to bring condemnation on us. See, the devil will try and bring condemnation, but God brings conviction to bring freedom. He's going to, you know, you want to look in that mirror and you want to see if you have a black mark on your face. I mean, I had one right before the service. I didn't, I think I cried and got something moved and then it was like, oops, and I had to clean it off. But if I didn't look in the mirror, I wouldn't have seen it. Sometimes I don't look. Sometimes I just wash my hands and don't look in the mirror. And then later I'm like, oh my gosh, why didn't anybody tell me that I had makeup all over my face? (laughs) Anyway, oh well, (laughs) it is what it is. But... (laughs) So we can look in the mirror to see what we have to fix. But God also shows us the reflection of who he has made us to be and who we can be and what we are aiming for and gives us something to aim for. So this woman seems like such a perfect woman, this Proverbs 31 woman. And so we should not be intimidated by her, but we should be inspired by her. And we need to get an idea in our spirit of who she is and build that into our heart because that's going to make us who we are. My mom was my mirror, my image in that sense of, of, of what a woman should be. And I'm so thankful for that because I'm thankful. I, I remember even as, just as a little kid thinking, looking at other people's moms and looking at my mom and being so glad that I had my mom and not their mom. So if you didn't have that experience of a good mom, you know, you missed out, but it's not too late. You have a good mom and a wife and a mom to look at, you know, the, the image of that to look at in the Word of God, and you have many 
ladies around you that are godly women that will love on you and be kind to you and show you the way. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, you know, even uh, they, when I was reading um, Luanne Brizendine talking about, you know, the female brain, she spoke about how even if a, a little girl doesn't have a good mom, as long as she has another woman in her life, maybe a grandma, maybe an auntie, somebody who is a better example than her mother, she doesn't have to be like her. You don't have to be like your mom. That's the bottom line. So you can image yourself after another woman that you could look up to, and if there's nobody, then there's at least this woman. Amen. But I know that you have many, many of you are ministers in here, many of you are not, but you have ladies around you that can be the image of that godly image that you want to be, that you want to see. So you can choose what to look at, right? You can choose whether to look at the negative or you can choose to look at a positive image and model after that. And so that you, you, you're going to build that into your spirit because that's going to be who you're going to become. That's going to model your, your being a wife, being a mom, and everything else, a businesswoman, everything else in your life that you can be. And the great thing about this, this Proverbs 31 woman is that she's, she's accomplished in every area of life. And so maybe we don't ever become exactly like her, but we can at least be a piece of her and be, and be heading in the right direction and uh, trying to at least be and modeling ourselves after her, after her. So it says, because of him we're blessed. It says in verse 72, 17, and men shall be blessed on men and women. Whenever it says men, mankind, okay, it means all of us. Bless themselves by him. All nations shall call him blessed. We call him Asher. Asher. He is our example, and he leads us in the way that we should go. He blesses us and makes us a blessing to others. You know, Hebrews 12 and verse 2 says that looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And 1 Peter 2.21, for Christ suffered for you, living you his personal example that you should follow in his footsteps. So we have an example to follow in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> that he is our example, not, not some, some man. And you know, one of the things we need more than anything in these days is a good example to look at because there's so many people, there's so much compromise that you see, even in the body of Christ, so much compromise. And it's not time to compromise. It's the time to stand and, and make a stand. Amen. And say no, that, that we're not compromising, we're not going to be wishy-washy, we're not going to be lukewarm, we're not going to be like the world. We don't care if it's 2023, we don't care if it's 2075, or 1975, or 1875, or 1675, it doesn't matter. Sin is sin, and the wages of sin is still death, hallelujah, and righteousness is righteousness, and we want to make heaven. We don't want to split hell wide, wide open. And people are looking to us, those of us who are in ministry, those of us who are born again. Hallelujah. You don't even have to be in, in ministry. Just be born again, and you represent Jesus Christ on the earth. And we, listen, we're so powerful. The devil wants to shut our mouth and shut our voice, and he's not going to. Amen. He is not going to. Hallelujah. You know, when, when you look at, and, and a lot of people don't look at what's going on in the world, they just close their eyes to it, and, but we watch, we talk about it, we tell you about it. Now, we do not watch TV, because if you want to be depressed, if you want to be messed up, watch TV. But you do need to be aware of what's going on in the world, but you can't let those things get you down. The Bible says, watch and pray, right? So we need to watch what's going on, but at the same time, we pray and we know that God is... He's working all things out. 
and we're in his plan. And sometimes you might feel like there's, there's so much craziness going in the world. How can I help? How can I be a blessing? How can I stand out? How can I even make a difference? Listen, you make a difference where you are right now in your home with your husband, your family. You are making a difference. See, because the important thing is that we don't step outside of the calling that God has in our life to try and be something we think we need to be because we see a problem that needs to be fixed. You have to do what God's telling you to do. You have, because when you are, listen, if, if, if you're stepping out without him, you, you're stepping out on shaky ground. But if God tells you to step out and you don't want to and you're, because you're afraid, you're also on shaky ground, right? So we need to be where he wants us to be. The most important thing is not to live out of your head, but to be living out of your spirit. You know, I, I was reading about Susanna Wesley. I mean, powerful woman of God, if you've ever, I'm sure most of you have read stuff about her or learned about it, but the mother of Charles and John. She had 16 children, 10 of whom survived to, to I believe, to adulthood. And um, her husband was a preacher, but they, they had a lot of conflict in the church in those days. You had the dissenting preachers, and you had, because you had the, the denomination, and then you had the people that were like, you know, they, they didn't want the limitations of the, of the denomination. They wanted to do what the Bible said, right? So you had all this conflict going on. Anyway, so her husband, bless his heart, um, he was writing a, a dissertation on Job and wouldn't give up on it and wanted to get it published. And just, who wants to read a book on Job? Nobody, nobody wants to, no, that, that's not edifying anybody. Anyways, so he was kind of a bit pedantic and stuck up in his head, not a very good businessman. And then, and then when, whenever, you know, whatever congregation he was in, when they got mad at him, they would come and beat up their, their horse or their cow and their dog and burn their crops and be mean to their kids. I mean, they, I mean, hey, pastors, I don't know, if you've had anybody beat your cow and your dog and burn your crops yet, uh, you know, but obviously just be encouraged because, <laughs> and, um, and, and they, the house burned down twice. I mean, John nearly died in the fire. They actually pulled him out the fire before the roof collapsed. He was on the second floor that actually left people up standing on people to pull him out right before the roof collapsed. And crazy stuff that she had to live through. And she had to, you know, balance the budget with 10 kids, um, even though there wasn't very much money with all the trials that they went through, and, and uh, sometimes the husband wasn't even there because he was like hiding out from all the people that wanted to, you know, hurt him or something. I don't know what all, but she, she had to do a lot of it by herself, and she raised those kids. She trained them. She taught them. She taught them like, you know, school stuff, but she also taught them in the Word, and she made sure that of her 10 kids, she at least spent one solid hour with each child a week. In fact, her, in fact John wrote later about that hour that personal attention that his mom gave him. So I think you should have as many kids as you can possibly have and give them attention. <laughs> Amen. And I'm so, actually so blessed. There's quite a few social media accounts that I follow, these people that have six kids, seven kids, eight kids, 15 kids. I think it's awesome. I mean, hey, they all look very happy and clean and everything. I don't know if that's only for the, like, the photos, and then the rest of the time it's chaos. And I had three, and I don't know how you have such a tidy house with 10 kids. <laughs> but I take my hat off to all of those ladies. Anyways, I think it's awesome. So it, it's, it's actually interesting how when the, the culture pushes one way, it's like people are going to come back around and push the other way. So really now for the young people, an act of rebellion is getting married and having children, right? <laughs> and actually serving God. That's our act of rebellion against, against this, this generation. And I think it's so important, too, that we reach the younger generation because they, they're 
at this moment, they're, in, they're making decisions for their life, and they want to embark on a life that matters. Amen. And I really believe that God has anointed this generation because, you know, when, when um, uh, Ryan Bronco was, was with us a few years ago, and he spoke, he spoke at a graduation and said, I, I feel like I'm, I'm in a room of the first of the, perhaps the end-time martyrs, right? Or, well, who's going to go, well, hallelujah, let that be me. I don't, don't think anybody, well, thank God there is a martyr's crown. Nobody wants to sign up for that, right? But... I believe that this generation, they're going to be radical for something. They're going to be radical for the devil, or they're going to be radical for Jesus. So they might as well be radical for Jesus. And then as, as the leaders, we have to be radical. We have to be on fire. We, we, have to be, we have to be who we want our kids to be. And as a pastor, as a minister, as a leader, you need to be who you want your people to be. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's one thing preaching something from looking at it kind of from the sidelines, and preaching it, but we need to actually be jumping on the bandwagon ourselves and like leading by example and doing the winning souls and doing all the things that, that we're preaching on. So that word blessed means to be successful, to be fortunate, to prosper, to be pronounced happy or fortunate, um, and just generally happy, blessed, 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 every which way. And Psalm 41, one through three says, blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied is he who considers the weak and the poor. The Lord will deliver him in the time of evil and trouble. Praise God, when we care about others who can't help themselves, when we're in trouble, God will help us. Whatever we sow, that's what we're going to reap. The Lord will protect him and keep him alive. How many of you have been saved many times over from things? Kept that. God kept you alive. Thank you, Jesus. All your kids, that he preserved you. The Lord will protect him, keep him alive. You will be blessed in the land. You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. The devil or any earthly enemy will not have his way in your life. When you stand righteously before God and do what is right, the Lord will sustain, refresh, and strengthen him on his bed of languishing. All his bed, you, O Lord, will turn, change, and transform in his illness. Whoa, that doesn't sound great. But you know, the Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So, you know, in life we face things. How many of you know life stuff happens? I, you know, I watched uh, Pastor Rodney's, uh, his dad was the youngest of four brothers, and his oldest brother was 18 years older than him. And two other brothers served God, the oldest and the youngest, the two in the middle, uh, not so much. The one was kind of a sweet guy, but, uh, and then the other one got involved with uh, some kind of, almost like a, a Christian sect. I don't know if it was a cult, but it was, anyways, called um, Old Apostles or something. But they believed a few um, interesting things. But anyway, but I noticed, you know, because you can have a genetic traits that come down, that, that people have, you know, that the mom has or the dad has or whatever, but that doesn't have to be your portion. And, and I looked at both Pastor Rodney's uncle and his dad, and both around their mid-60s, both had an attack of the devil, in, you know, physically. His uncle was actually, he's had heart issues, and he was actually on a walker. He actually came to America uh, when he was about 65, 66 years old, and he was like, he had to walk on a walker because his heart was, was kind of not working so great. And then w where we were in America, uh, I think it was like 
December 89, and we got a message that Rodney's dad was, he was also in his mid-60s, rushed to the hospital, and they said it wasn't good, and he wasn't going to make it, and Pastor Rodney went for that walk on a beach and had a, made a deal with God. Lord, I need my dad, give him 15 more years. And the Lord miraculously turned his dad around and literally gave him 16 more years. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then, and then the, his uncle as well, God completely healed him, and he lived to, I believe, 92. Hallelujah. And the other two brothers died younger. So you don't have to have or receive or walk in any family curse that's on your family. I don't care if they say cancer's in your family or heart problems or what. You do not have to partake. You can make a choice. Hallelujah. And so even if that stuff tries to come on you, God will deliver you completely, and he will raise you up for a testimony. So that anything that the devil tries to lay on you, too bad. It's, it's going to turn around for a testimony. It's just going to hurt the devil bad. Amen. Amen. So we don't let him win. So there's, a, there's another version of the, the word as Esher, which is blessed, happy, happiness, and blessed. And now in, in uh, and I believe that, oh, that's in verse, verse 1 of this, happy fortune to be envied, blessed. Of 41 verse 1, that's Esher. And then verse, in verse 2, that blessed is Oshor. Again, this word we're talking about. And then Malachi, Malachi 3 and verse 12, all nations shall call you happy and blessed. Oshor, again, for you shall be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Amen. So we're going to, to be straight, to go straight, and to lead straight. The virtuous woman, Proverbs 31 says, 31.10 says, a capable, intelligent, and virtuous woman, who is he who can find her? She's far more precious than jewels, and her value is far above rubies or pearls. So that word in the Hebrew is chahil, meaning strength, might, efficiency, wealth. Uh, it's an army. Wow. She's like a one-woman army. <laughs> Ability, wealth force. You know, God has to give you, he has to bless you with strength and ability to make you strong and able. And so I, I love that in Proverbs 18, it says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Listen, it doesn't say he who finds a woman. There's lots of women, but there's not wife because it takes a special lady to be a wife. It's a gift. It's a calling. It's an anointing. It's a consecration to be a good wife to your husband. Amen. And you are the only one for him. Nobody else can do what you do for him. Amen. And so his, he, your husband receives favor. He received the favor of God when he found you because you are a good thing. You are, you are his grace gift. Amen. So when you showed up, he got blessed. <laughs> and you know what? And that's not out of an arrogance of who we think. We're not a little princess. Like, well, you can't do without me. You're not going to find anybody like me. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that God, God's hand and blessing is on you. Amen. Because you are a humble servant, and you don't operate out of the flesh. You operate out of the spirit. And the gifting on your life is what God has anointed you with. And that is why you are blessed, and that is why your husband will be blessed as well. So she's a capable, intelligent, and virtuous woman who is, 
and an excellent woman, uh, the Amplified says, and then other translations say a wife of noble character, a wife with strong character, a competent wife, a capable wife, an accomplished woman, a valiant woman, and a woman of valor. The male equivalent would be, would be valor uh, to virtue. A woman of worth, an excellent wife, worthy, and a truly good wife. A truly excellent woman, one who is superior in all that she is and all that she does. And you might feel, say, well, that's not me. I don't feel like that. Well, that's who you can be. That's who you can become because you have to develop those talents. You see, this woman, who is she? She's a godly woman. She's a woman who understands and respects her covenant with Almighty God. And that is the basis of her life. Her life, her accomplishments, everything is out of her relationship with the Lord. Not that she was just born special, not that she's something, you know, that we cannot be, but it's out of her relationship with the Lord. So that should give us hope. It doesn't matter where we start out, it's where we're going because we're trusting in Him. And it's out of, it, everything is out of our relationship with Him. We may not have been much, we may not have had much to begin with. We may not have felt like much to begin with, but out of that relationship with the Lord and walking with Him and our relationship with the, with the Word of God, that is what created her into the, be, into the person that we see in Proverbs 31. She obviously didn't start out that way. She started out like the rest of us, young, with nothing to show and nothing to offer. But she developed these things in her life. She developed character. She developed her faith. She developed strength. Strength mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. She developed that in her life. And it's out of this walk with God and His Word. It's God's hand and power that enables her to fulfill her role with excellence. And she knows it and everybody knows it. And that's fine. Amen. Hallelujah. Because we're not trying to cover up, well, actually, I did this all by myself. It's like, wow, I can hardly believe this even turned out this good. But Jesus, amen. His life, we have to give him all the glory for everything. So God, it's God's hand and power that enables her to fulfill her role with excellence and with grace and peace, strength and favor. So her foundation is the word. We see her dependence on it. We see her being yielded to the Holy Spirit. We see her leaning on him for direction and ability. She earned all of her accolades and her honors that she gets because she took the talents that God gave her and she applied effort and diligence to multiply them. Each and every one of us has talents that God has given us, and we need to apply the effort and the diligence and the faith and the trust in Him to develop those things. Each and every one of us can do that if we are willing. And I'm sure if we took many of you ladies, especially those of you who are grandmas already, so you've lived a little life, you've built a little character, and you could talk about where you started, and you just did not have much to offer, you did not feel like you had much to offer. I did not feel. When we were first married, I kept asking the Lord, I was married, two, I mean, I was saved two years and three days, and I was full-time in ministry. I had no clue what I was doing. And uh, I mean, I didn't even know what God called me to do. It was just like, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm willing. And, uh, you know, hey, Lord, I'm willing. And then it's like, Peter, hey, 
Lord, if that's you, tell me to get out of the boat. <laughs> and then once you're out the boat, you're like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing out here? And I'm like, Lord, why didn't you give him some girl that grew up in church and wasn't still trying to figure everything out? And, uh, but thank God for the, for, the <laughs> for the word, but thank God for revival. Amen. Amen. Because when the Lord, I mean, there was, the Lord touched me. I was, you know, saved, baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Spirit the first week, right? Uh, all, all at the same time, signed, my mother signed me up for Bible school and, uh, and you know, went, went from there. But the, I still had a lot of growing up to do. But it was that touch under the fire of God that began to, to, to I guess it was like the, you know, the clay pot, you got to put it in the fire. You don't always see the colors. You don't always see its worth until you stick it through the fire. And, and then it comes out just, wow, that's beautiful. But it didn't look so beautiful going in. But that's why it doesn't matter what it looks like going in. It's how it looks like coming out. Amen. And so that's why we all need that fire of God. I didn't even feel like I had a testimony. He would ask me to get up, get up and share my testimony. I didn't even feel like I had a, my testimony as I cried for six months. Well, it wasn't all bad because I was at least I was pressing into the Lord. Because it's not about laughing, crying, right? It's about yielding. And I said, Lord, I'm, you know, I need your fire and I want... I know that I need this joy as well. Lord, I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to roll on the floor. I don't want to make a spectacle of myself, but I, I, I want you to touch me. And, you know, I pressed in for six months. In the beginning, I didn't feel like I had a testimony. When I got up to share my testimony, I, I didn't even, the people who got hit with the joy, I thought, oh, they already got hit when my husband was ministering. They're just, you know, they're laughing now. But, and then people started telling me, well, I got hit for the first time when you were preaching. I was like, Really? <laughs> And the Lord began to just do something in me and, and tell me, look, you, know, you do have a testimony, and it's not about you, it's about what I've done in your life. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so it doesn't have to be about me. That's, that's the thing I, I so respect about my husband is that, you know, a lot of times we don't like to hear, how many of you don't like to hear your own voice on tape? Or even what, right? So we, we're so self-critical, and, uh, and, and, he, and he's just like, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. That's, that's, that's who you are. What are you going to do about it? Just, and, and so, you know, that broke me out of just like, hey, it doesn't matter what I think I sound like or look like or whatever. It's like, am I letting the Lord use me? It's not about me. It's about Him. And if we always make it about Him, if it's all about, always about us, we can be embarrassed, we can pull back. But if we make it about Him, then we, we forget that it's about us. And then here we are being a blessing, and we don't even know we're being a blessing, but the Lord is able to use us because we got ourselves out of the way, and we just put out all our focus on Him. Deuteronomy 28, I, love, I, I did a side-by-side, side, I'm not going to do that right now, we don't have time, but I did a side-by-side side of Deuteronomy 28 and Proverbs 31, and listen, this, this woman w walked in covenant, right, like, you're going to be blessed coming in, you're going to be blessed going out, and your basket and your kneading trough and your, your land... Right, you're going to be blessed in the land. She was buying land, she had vineyards. I mean, everything that you see in Deuteronomy, she walked in, in Proverbs. And we can, we can have those promises as well. Hallelujah. You are the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. Thank you, Jesus. And everything that you do is blessed and everything that you own is blessed. And God's going to bless you in the land that he gave you so that God will give you land. Hallelujah. God will give you property. God will give you a home. God will give you the business that you're believing him for. Amen. Amen. 
And you have to understand, you don't go from here immediately here. You've got you to grow into it. So don't despise the day of small beginnings. You might start with a small business, but if you are diligent and faithful and you honor the Lord and you, and you sow back into the kingdom, God will bless and increase your, your business beyond what you, you're going to have to have employees. You're going to have to grow. Amen. Hallelujah. So the virtuous woman is a woman of integrity. Her qualities of integrity are that she's capable, intelligent, virtuous, trustworthy. She has spiritual, mental, and physical strength. Strength and dignity are her clothing. Her position is strong and secure. She's diligent and she's hardworking. So she's a woman of integrity. She does, she's, she's not missing in action. She's not on the phone. <laughs> not that she had a phone, but she doesn't spend all her time on the phone. Am I scratching in somebody's kitty litter box? Maybe somebody that's watching. You need to put the phone down and pay attention to your children and pay attention, you know, give them att pay attention to your husband and attend give attention to the things that are your realm of influence and your responsibility. Amen. Amen. I mean, it's great to go hang out with friends and have a day of just chilling and chatting. We all need that. But if you're every day on the phone and you're not paying attention to the things that you need to be doing, you need to like throw the thing away for a little bit, lock it up or something. Because it's robbing you of precious relationships. So just the same way that a lot of times that men are so busy working to earn a living for their family, they don't spend any time with their family. A lot of times, ladies, we're doing the same thing. We're always finding some, we're watching television or we're on the phone or we're doing this or that. And we need to put those things away and put those things down and focus because the most important thing are those little people that grow up very, very fast. They say the days go slowly and the years go fast. So we should appreciate them. Amen. Enjoy every day with those little people. They're, they're, they're a blessing. Amen. So she's, Proverbs 31, 11, the heart of her husband trusts in her confidently and relies on and believes in her securely. So there's no lack of honest gain or need of dishonest spoil. So she is trustworthy. Her husband doesn't have to go out and get a second job and he doesn't have to steal. <laughs> he doesn't have to do something dishonest to, you know, it, it, that's not funny. Actually, years ago, <laughs> well, anyways, maybe it wasn't all her fault, but there was a guy that ended up uh, in jail, doing jail time for um, kind of, he got involved in some investments and got in over his head and wasn't investing and was, anyways. But his wife was also very high maintenance. So I don't know if that's what drove him in the beginning to try to make more money than what he was making. And so he started cheating people. And the end it was, you know, you, 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 that, that's the road to nowhere. Because you're going to get caught out somewhere. You, you can't, you know, you're going to run out of money paying people over here. And then, anyways, and he did, and he ended up going to jail. So I don't know if it was her fault, but she was kind of high maintenance. But, anyways. But we don't want to be a high-maintenance woman and put stress on our husband. We want to relieve his stress, not lay more stress on him, right? And then, then we expect, vice versa, we expect him also to help us to carry our load. And so it's a working together. It's not a competition, but it's a completion. So we work together and we, we encourage one another, and together we build a strong family. So she is spiritually, mentally, and physically strong. She girds herself with strength spiritual, mental, and physical fitness for her God-given task and makes her arms strong and firm. The, that word strong, the strength is, means actually erect, 
firm and strong. Um, strength and dignity are her clothing. Her position is strong and secure. She rejoices over the future, the latter day or the time to come, knowing that she and her family are in readiness for it. You know what? And that's not just in material things, but it's in spiritual as well. You know, the, the world is pushing towards, um, and for, for various reasons, they, they're, they're doing everything they can to, it's like, Humans that hate humans, obviously that's motivated by the devil. And like humans are the scourge of the earth, and if we could get rid of humans, then the earth would be more wonderful. Well, that's garbage because God created this entire universe, and then he created us in his image and put us in it. So we are his special creation. Amen. Now, we have a responsibility towards the earth to like treat it right, and not all throw all the plastics in the ocean. And Anyways, so we do need to clean it up. We do need to clean it up. But it's not just about, you know, the, the, so the world is pushing towards, the, they're pushing the abortion agenda like hectically. Um, they're, they're putting chemicals in the food and, and everything else. They're putting chemicals in all the vaccines they're giving people to, to lower the population. Uh, population control, they, they're shaming people. I mean, even in the 70s, they were shaming people for having more than two children. It was ridiculous. And my parents, bless their heart, had five. Hallelujah, I'm glad. And, uh, and so, and, and even Christians, I mean, when we were, when we were having our third child, we, people would act like, you know, oh, we'll, we'll, you know, can we buy you a television? Buying me a television is not going to stop me having children, okay, because <laughs> I'll have as many as I want, thank you very much. And I would have had five, but we decided to stop at three, and for, for reasons we won't get into right now. But anyways, so you need to have as many kids as you feel like your faith allows, and, and everything else in your body, I mean your body, in your life, and your body, but God, the God will bless you, even if the devil said no and doctors say no, God says yes. Um, um, John Edwards, uh, um, our precious little Irish evangelist, they have a, um, a couple that we met, I believe, in Ireland when we were over there. They just started uh, the river in um, Limerick, in Limerick. And this couple apparently, Pastor Rodney called them out. They hadn't been able to have children, called them out, laid hands on them. And nine months later, they had a baby. Nine months. It's awesome. So they're running, they're running the church over there. So the Lord will bless you. And uh, so this future, this latter day to come, this is not just like, uh, you know, your retirement or whatever you're, you're planning for, your kid going to, well, I won't even say university because Bible school, because <laughs> universities are just becoming indoctrination stations right now. But we need to have as many kids as we can have, can have. And then people go, well, but the earth is, everything's getting so bad. I don't want to bring children to this world. Well, then prepare them for eternity. Prepare them for eternity. It, it's, it's not... Nowhere in the Bible does it tell us to pull back or shrink back in fear. Every, anything that we do out of a fear motivation is going to fail. We ha everything we do must be out of faith. If you have two children, let it be in faith. If you have 15, let it be in faith. <laughs> I mean, you, whatever, you, whatever decisions you make, in faith. And then prepare your kids for eternity. Prepare them to, if, if, there's, going, if there's going to be the catching away of the, of, of, of the church, you're going and your kids are going as well. You're not leaving them behind. <laughs> Amen. You know, we prepared our children. There was um, an awesome song that basically it was a song about you know, not, not giving in and not, not, um, not giving in to the devil's agenda to stand firm on them, even if it meant being thrown to the lions, right, like they were in the early church, to stand and not deny Jesus Christ. And so we actually, um, it was a powerful song, we actually sat our kids down 
And we spoke to them about that, and we said, never deny Jesus. We're not going to, and we don't want you to. Even if they tell you we're going to kill your mom and dad, do not deny Jesus. We'll just see you in heaven. Yeah. Amen. You know, Richard Rembrandt, he had to watch them murder his son in front of him. But his son said, Dad, it's okay. I'll see you in heaven. That was, you know, that was so difficult to walk through, but we'll see them in heaven. Amen. We may never have to face that. We may. You know, I was listening to Corey Ten Boom. How many of you remember Corey Ten Boom? And she was talking about how, you know, she said to her dad, because they got arrested for, for, for hiding Jewish people, and she ended up in concentration camp, and most of her family died in the concentration camp. And God miraculously rescued her through a clerical error, but it was, it was the Lord. That, and a week, they, she, she was laid out a week before everyone her age was murdered in that concentration camp in, in, in Ravens, Ravensbrück. And, uh, but her sister had said to her, her sister died a week before she, before she was released, and her sister said, we have to go around the world and tell people about Jesus. And she went to, I believe, 62 countries, and God used her in a mighty way, awesome, awesome testimony. But she said, she said to her dad, I, I don't know if I can be strong. And the Lord said, you know, you don't have to know. Her dad said, you don't have to know now. But it's like he said, if, if, if we're going to go to the city and we're going to buy a train ticket, I'm not going to give you, when will I give you the, tr the train ticket? I'm not going to give you the train ticket three months before you need it. I'm going to give you the train ticket right before you get on the train. And he said, in the same way, the Lord will give you the strength right before you need it. Amen. <laughs> to face whatever situation that you have to face. And, and she, she proved the Word of God. You know, what is awesome was she, uh, there was a, a group of 250 young people that they pulled out to go work in the, in, out of the um, concentration camp to go work in the munitions camp, in the munitions um, factories, because the munitions factories were targets for the Allies to bomb. And so they put innocent people there to work in the munitions, and then when, when the air raids would happen and they would, the places would get bombed, they would, they would all run to the shelters, but they would leave these prisoners in, in these munitions uh, factories targets to be basically, you know, bombed and killed. And so in the middle of the night, she slipped out. They, they had these, um, these lights that would come across, and she, like, waited for the light but ran across and uh, in the dark, and she stood there in the dark next to the building, and for each one of those 250 people, she gave, she gave them a little word from the Lord, whatever the Holy Spirit inspired her. And she, she just would tell them, Jesus is victor. You know, um, and just have, have a little, just a phrase for each one, whatever the Lord said, you know, gave her to give. And afterwards, after, when, after the war, one young lady came and found her and said, I want to tell you, we were in the factory, they were bombing and I sat there, and all I could think about is, Corey said to me, Jesus is victor. And she kept saying over and over, Jesus victor. And you know that? 249 people made it out of that place. 249. Because she went there and gave each of them a word from the Lord. Listen, it's something small like that that the Lord can use you to, to do, that will save somebody's life. Just one little thing that you can say to someone and bless them. Whoo. <laughs> That you, that you think is insignificant, but that can save someone's life. There's things that you do, that you say, that you don't even know, but that God can use you. Amen. And, and I had that in the past where I, I was just 
talking and said stuff. And then later someone came to me and said, you know, there was one thing that you said that, that you know, changed my life. And I'm like, really? Yes, really. God can use you if you'll just be that light for him and just always just love on people and just, just talk about Jesus and lift him up in your life. And you have no clue what little thing that you'll do or say that's going to touch someone's life and make a difference and mean something to them for eternity. Amen. So this woman, is, she's diligent and hardworking, and we can see that in all the things that she does. She seeks out wool and works it with her hands. She's like the merchant ships loaded with foodstuffs, bringing her, household from afar, bringing her food from a household's food from a far country. She rises while it's night, it's yet night, gets food for her household and assigns her maids their tasks. You can have maids. It's okay to have maids. <laughs> it's okay to have employees. Amen. To be responsible, There's, you, know, you have to grow. You have to, you have to pay someone else for their time sometimes. It's not abdicating responsibilities. Sometimes you have a lot, of, a lot of responsibilities. So you have to be prepared to pay someone else for their time. And you're, you're training them, right? So anybody you employ, you're training them. So you're being a blessing to them. They're being a blessing to you. You're being a blessing to them. So don't feel bad if you have to employ someone to help you. Amen. Amen. That's good. That means you're growing. It means you're expanding. She lays her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She makes coverlets, cushions, rugs, fine linen garments, leads others to buy them. She looks well to how things go in her household, and the bread of idleness, gossip, discontent, and self-pity she will not eat. So these are the things, gossip, discontent, self-pity. These are the things that are from the devil to come and to rob us of our precious time to rob us of our uh, ability to influence and be a blessing. Because being, being a gossip, being grumpy and discontented, feeling sorry for ourselves, you, you just, it's like, you know, the Bible talks about bitterness. Don't get bitter. Don't allow unforgiveness to fester and turn into bitterness because bitterness has a defiling quality. It defiles many. So there's a few different things like gossip and, and being grumpy and feeling sorry for ourselves that has a defiling quality. It has a, in other words, it takes us backwards and it, it, it influences people in the wrong way. Amen. So we want to influence people in a right way. We want to influence them in a positive way. We want to influence them in a way that they grow, not that they go backwards. Now, listen, everybody needs, well, preferably your husband or a good friend or your mom. My mother was always there for me to talk to, to like lay things on. And sometimes you just need somebody to just pour things out on and then they can just give you a hug and say, oh, I understand how you feel uh, and or... They can um, give you a word from the Lord and straighten you up as well. Sometimes we need that. But, you know, we don't just go around da 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 everybody and infecting everybody with our grumpiness. And especially, like, if there's something going on in your home and your family and you go share with other people if you're mad at your husband or whatever, and then you go home and you sort it out and then they're still mad at your husband. <laughs> so don't, don't do that. Resist the urge to do that. So it's, always, it's good to have friends that can give you a kind slap or rebuke and straighten you out. Amen. That's not bad. We, we, all need, we all need a little bit of that encouragement. In Romans 8, verse 29, 30 says, We are predestined by God to be conformed to the image of His Son. He predestinated us. If there's any predestining, He, pre, he, pre, he basically predestined every one of us to be born again. 
the Bible says God is not willing that any should perish. So, you know, there's people that have got the, oh, well, they're predestined. We don't have to preach to them because they'll get saved if they're going to get, if God wants to get saved and if they, if he doesn't want them to. Where in the Bible does it say God doesn't want anybody to get saved? That's ridiculous. So every one of us are predestined. We just don't, you know, there's a ticket waiting for all of us. We just don't go pick up our ticket. <laughs> Amen. And so all of us are, are predestined by God to be conformed to, to the image of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And it says, he, whom he predestined, he also called. Whom he called, he justified. And whom he justified, he glorified. Hallelujah. So we need to know, we need to know who we are and we need to know who we belong to. We don't accept the standards of the world of this age, their, their ways, their expectations. Nope. We are bought with a price. In Corinthians 6, 19, 20, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're bought with a price, purchased with a preciousness, paid for, made his own. So honor God and bring glory to him in your body. Now, that's, that scripture is speaking specifically to your body, but we bring glory to God in everything that we do in our life because we belong to him. We're bought with the price. That price is priceless. You can't pay for it. It's, and that's why it's a free gift because you, you cannot earn it. So it says, don't, in, in 1 Corinthians 7, 23, you bought with the price, purchased with the preciousness, paid for by Christ, then don't yield yourself to become, in your own estimation, slaves to men, but consider yourself a slave to Christ. So we don't look like the world, we don't act like the world, we don't look to them as our example. Amen. And we don't, we don't care what they think about us or what they say about us. They can mock us, they can rip us, whatever. <laughs> Speak to the hand. Your life is in the toilet, and you're telling me I need to live mine? I'm living the victor's life. I'm living the overcomer's life. I'm living a blessed life. Hallelujah. You don't have anything I want. Amen. The Kardashians and all that meshy meshians, <laughs> the big mess, they don't have anything we want. They wish they were us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Don't ever envy those people in the world or look up to them. There's nothing to look up to. They are paid to do the things they do, say the things they say, to influence you to take your life in the wrong direction. Amen. That's why I said, turn the TV off. Hallelujah. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. John 17, 14 through 17, Jesus said, I've given and delivered to them your word, the message, and the world has hated them because they are not of this world, and they don't belong to the world, just as I'm not of the world. I'm not, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I'm asking you to protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, neither do they belong to the world, just as I am not of the world, Jesus said. But he asked the Father, please sanctify them, purify, consecrate, separate themselves, them for yourself, make them holy by the truth because your word is truth. So we're sanctified, we're set apart, we're his peculiar, precious treasure, not peculiar in the word of strange, but of being special. Special, unique. The world 
tries to lump us into groups, tries to make us not special, but we are. Jesus left the 99 to go out for the one. You are the one that he goes after, and we need to see every person as the one and just go, keep going after the one. How do you build a ministry? Just keep going after the one. Hallelujah. Ephesians 6 and verse 10, finally, my brethren, my sisterin, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And then James 4, 7 says, so be subject to God or, sub or submit to God, resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Hallelujah. So that's the key of your life. We have to be submitted to God in every area of our life. We've got to be yielded to him. We've got to give place to him. We've got to give place to his word in our life. We have to honor him in everything in our life. We have to allow him to do that work in us, purify us, burn the junk out of us. You, you are called and you have the ability on the inside of you to do and be everything that God has called you to. I don't care what the devil's lied to you. I don't care where you are right now. But it's going to take you submitting to the Lord, submitting to his word, bowing your knee, humbling yourself, laying down any ambitions you have. I mean, some people have too many ambitions and some people have none. And it's like for me, me personally, I, I would rather just be in the background. So I was the one that my husband and the Lord had to push forward into doing what I'm doing right now. It was the Holy Spirit and my encounter with the Holy Spirit that gave me the boldness, even stand up in front of you and minister. Amen. To equip me, to equip me first of all, but, and to give me the boldness and push me out there, let me know, yes, this is what I've called you to do, and this is what I need you to do. Now, this isn't, if this is not what you're called to do, you don't want to be putting yourself in that place because you don't want to take yourself outside of, of God's perfect protection and his plan and his, wherever he has for you to be. That's where the protection is, that's where the provision is, that's where the peace is, that's where the joy is. It's like some people are just created to be num the, a leader and number one and lead. And some people are created to be that stand by their side person, that number two. And you can't take a, a person who's called to be a number two person and try and turn them into a number one person just because they've been faithful being a number two person. So you don't want to step outside of where you're called. Amen. And if you're married, you're always going to be the number two person anyways, which is fine. I'm perfectly happy being the number two person. I don't have to be the number one person. Uh, but I, so I have to be the best number two person that I can be. I have to be the best, uh, what, what's the word? You get a captain and then you get his first mate. Okay, I'm going to be the best first mate <laughs> that I can be. Hallelujah. And when, when I'm doing that, and I'm being a blessing, then I can be a blessing to many more people than just my captain. Amen. And so I, I just want to encourage you in that, that, you know, it's out of that relationship with the Lord. Forget about everything else in your life, your relationship with the Lord. You build that up, and everything in your life will click, 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 click into place. Things that feel like they're all over the place and they're discombobulated and you don't know how you're going to pull it all together. You don't know how you're going to have to make it work. But you just press into him, find out what he wants. Just start doing that. There's things that he's called you to do and he's going to raise you up to do mighty things. Some, some of you is going to give you a, 
a great voice and a great influence. You know, look at some of these ladies that the Lord used in, even in like politics, just to be there. I mean, there was the one lady, what is her name, Pastor Jennifer? She passed away a few years ago um, that the Lord used her. She just was there in her own sweet, quiet way, and she stood up for the family, and she would not let any of those congressmen and senators, they all knew her by name, and she was, she was there, she was involved, and she would not let them, she, they knew where she stood. She stood for marriages, she stood for families, and any crazy legislation that they try to push, they heard from her. And she wasn't, she wasn't uh, aggr- you know, aggressive or pushy, she, she was a lady. She was a lady, but she was highly respected, I think even by the people. <laughs> Even by the people who were trying to push the, the you know, the agendas that weren't so great. And she did, is it Shafley, Phyllis Shafley, I think? Yeah. And she, I mean, one lady, and she stood up for righteousness. And so, wherever you are, whatever your sphere of influence, you stand up for righteousness, you defend those who have no voice, and you, can, you don't have to do it like the world does it. You can, you can do it as a lady. You can do it with strength and dignity. Amen. You can do it with respect, and you can earn respect. We don't have to come down to their level. We pull them up to ours. Amen. And our first job is to make sure that everybody makes Jesus and everybody makes heaven. So I want us to just bow our heads right now. In this place and everybody who's watching, I want to ask you now, our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you're here today and you fit into any one of these three categories, I want to pray with you and for you. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, (laughs) if you've never said, Jesus, come and be my Lord and my Savior, Uh, if you want to surrender your life to him today, if you want him to change your life, if you've been doing things your own way and it hasn't worked out and you've been frustrated, and things haven't gone the way that you want to, and you know that you need Jesus, then today this is for you. If you say, I'm going to give my heart to Jesus today, I want him to come in and touch me and change me. See, you can't fix yourself. You have to come to him as you are. You have to say, Lord, here I am. I'm a big mess if you can take me. And he says, come to me. Everybody who's heavy laden, everybody who's burdened down with the weight of sin and oppressed and messed up and chewed up and spat out by life. Jesus said, come to me. He said, I'll take your heavy burden and I'll give you my light burden. I will take that that yoke of bondage off of you and I will put my yoke on you, which is easy and light. Jesus stands with his arms wide open. What would happen if today was the last day that you spent on earth? What if you went home and you put your head on the pillow and you didn't wake up in the morning? Where would you go? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would make heaven your home or not? The Bible says that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun, and we don't have to go to a devil's hell. We're not destined to go to hell. God's plan for us is heaven. He made provision because 2,000 years ago, the blood was shed, hallelujah, and the price was paid. And there's an, there's an old song that just says it so well. 
It says that there's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. That blood will wash away every sin as far as the east is from the west, wash you pure, wash you clean, come and save you, give you a brand new heart. So if you want to receive Jesus tonight, you can do that. Maybe there's people here that they've never received Jesus, or they've, sorry, they did receive Jesus at one time, but they have not been serving the Lord like they should, and they know, and they've, got, they've grown cold, lost their fire, lost their excitement for Jesus, lost their passion, and they want tonight to make right with the Lord. You know, there's things that get, come our way in life. Sometimes it's, it's the death of a loved one. Sometimes it's, you know, it's like things we, we just don't count on. A divorce, a betrayal, financial loss, bankruptcy, some deep hurt or disappointment, something that really rocked your world and messed you all up. And you walked away from the Lord for whatever reason, but tonight you want to come back and you say, I want to get back on fire for God. I want to come back to my first love. And then there's maybe people that are here that have just not, that you're just not sure, that, that you know, you, you believe you've given your life to the Lord, but you're not sure for sure that you're going to make heaven if you had to die today. So while your eyes are closed, I just want you, if there's anybody here that you know that you need Jesus tonight and you want to receive him as Lord and Savior, wherever you are, I want to pray with you and for you. So I want you to lift up your hand wherever you are right now, all through this place. Thank you, Jesus. I see you. I see those hands. If there's anybody in this place, if there's anybody even watching, you can put your hand up wherever you are as well. If there's anybody that you haven't been serving the Lord like you should, you have not been on fire for God, and you feel your heart is beating very hard right now on the inside, I want you to lift up your hand right now. I don't want you to be ashamed. I want you to put your hand up because tonight is your night to get delivered, to get free to be whole, for God to do a work in your life, to wash you clean right now, wherever you are in this place. And if there's anybody here tonight that you're not sure, if you're not sure that if you had to die right now that you'd go to heaven, I want you to wave, wave your hand at me wherever you are. If you raise your hand, I want you to just stand up. Even if you're up in the balcony, just stand up right where you are. Just stand up and come here. Let, I'd like, I want to pray for you. Just come, come forward because I want to pray for you. Come stand here right in front of me. Come from the balcony. Come from the back. Come, come. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you, thank you, Jesus. And if there might be still some coming from the balcony, I know it's a long way to walk down the stairs, but for those of you that are standing in front of me, I want you just to look at me right now. If you mean business with God, He means business with you. Today's a new day and a new beginning for you. Amen. So I want you just to raise your right hand to heaven because that's where your help comes from. And I want you to pray with me. There's, I know there's three different categories here, but we're going to pray the same prayer. Just put your eyes on Jesus and let's pray this. Say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, you said in your word that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior, and I believe in my heart, that God has raised you from the dead, I will be saved. So, Father, right now, I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead, and I believe that you are coming back again for me. Come into my heart right now, Take out the stony heart, put in a heart of flesh. Wash me, cleanse me, change me, fill me, use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world, I turn my back on sin, and I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that you were raised up on the third day again for me. And that you are coming back for me. I confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He's my Lord and Savior. And right now, by faith, in the finished work of the cross, and by the shed blood of Jesus, I am saved. I am set free. It's a new day. Thank you, Lord, for saving me right now. Thank you that my sins are washed away as far as the east is from the west. And thank you, Lord, that you forget them and that they will never be remembered, that they are blotted out of the book, that they will never be held against me. But I am washed clean. I am cleansed. I am pure. By the blood of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for what you have done. And I thank you, Father, that this is a new day for me and a new beginning. Lift both of your hands right now, and I'm praying for you. Father, I thank you for each of these ladies and even those who are watching. And, Lord, I thank you that your hand is upon them. And thank you, Father, that you seal them by your blood and your Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Lord, that on that day when we stand before you, not one of them will be missing. But I thank you that you raise them up to be mighty women of God, that you will use them to impact many lives. Thank you, Father, that you will make them to be blessed and a blessing, personally blessed and a blessing to many. 
And Father, we just thank you that they are victors, they are overcomers. Thank you that they will not look back. Thank you that they will have no regrets. But I thank you that you lift every burden. I thank you that they walk out of this place free and whole with the peace of God in their heart and knowing that you're sitting on the throne and that you're in control of their life and that they need have no fear of the future for you are with them, you are in them. Thank you, Lord, that they are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, Lord, because you love them. Father, wrap your arms around them. Burn with your fire on the inside of them. Baptize them in your Holy Ghost. And Father, I thank you that you'll use them in a mighty way. Thank you, Jesus. Just thank him right now. Say, thank you, Jesus. Just worship him right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for it. Thank you. I want you to look at me. It's a new day. It's a new day. Amen. It's a new day. It's a new day for you. It's a new day from this day forward. Amen.